podcast is brought to you by Unicorn.com, the premier esports betting site. Log on today to bet on your favorite games like League of Legends, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, basically any esport you can come up with for the chance to win awesome prizes like the Logitech G633 headset that I'm using right now. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. I am the editor in chief and analyst for Imperial Esports. And welcome to another special edition of the Rough Drafts podcast. It is week nine of the North American LCS. So many games to talk about, so many games where there is almost nothing on the line, but there could be. There could be. And to break it all down with me, I am joined by my good friend, co-host of the podcast, and writer for Slingshot Esports, Walter Ciedes Fedchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? So, so here's the thing. From now on, I'm going to need you to refer to me by my numerous nicknames, mm. such as the Big Aristotle, the Big Daddy, <laughs> the Big Shactus, Shaq, the Big Cactus, the Big Banana, Mayor McShack, <laughs> the Real Deal, the Big Agave. The Big Shamrock, Big Shamrock, Shack Daddy, Manny Shackyow, Hobo Master, The Big Equotatius, <laughs> Superman, The Big Galactus, The Big Felon, The Big Field General, The Big Marovich, The Big Conductor, Diesel, Shack Fu, The Big IPO, The Big Barry Shignovic, Wilt Chamberneasy, The Big Leprechaun, Dr. Shack, Shekovich, The Big Twitterer, Witness Protection, LCL, Osama Bin Shaq, MDM, The Diesel, and also co-owner of a North American LCS Team Energy Esports, Shaquille O'Neal, everybody in the house. Y'all can start clapping now. You're welcome. <laughs> I have three things about that list. One, <laughs> I forgot how many of Shaq's nicknames were created by just adding the word big in front of something. <laughs> like, he's the only NBA player in history where it's like, look, it's just, call him the big one. Like, what do you, what do you mean the big one? Everyone's six foot eight. Yeah, have you seen Shaq? Good point. He's the big one. You're right. Two, Shaq Bin Laden. Like, who the f*** said Shaq Bin Laden? That one's entirely out of left field. I feel like it's entirely unreasonable to the poor guy. I don't think he earned that. Oh, and, and my personal favorite, Kazam. Yeah, I was, that was the third one. Where the heck was Kazam on that list? So, so I literally just typed in Shaquille O'Neal nicknames into Google, and that was the list that popped up at the top. And then I'm thinking, going, Shh, crap, he was in a movie. What? He was a wizard in a movie. It wasn't Shazam, because that... No, yeah, that's no. not right. It was Kazam. Yeah, I so am Kazam. Kazam. Ooh, man. And I remember that movie. <laughs> Very. I, I spent a lot of mornings as a, as a child watching Shaq do his genie thing. It uh, <laughs> did not hold up on the rewatch. In case you're curious, I know you're shocked, but it did not hold up. That being said, now that A-Rod's involved in this team as well, I'm more interested to see if NRG takes any mysterious trips to Germany over the offseason. And they just come back really rejuvenated and ready well, to go. Well, you know, with, with the way that ESPN has been hammering esports on they started with the big Adderall story that was like their first story and then last week they had this story about you know using using cheats and CSGO and everything I, I don't think they could get away with it I don't think they could get away with it like you know Peyton Manning or A-Rod did for as long as they did I think ESPN would be right on 
top of it. I mean, imagine right if they top. had someone like Ray Lewis who was found using something called deer antler spray. <laughs> I mean, they, they would never give him a multi-million dollar lucrative <laughs> announcing deal. That would be beyond the ESPN standards here. We're going to move on to some actual games here. As much as we do love Pokemon at ESPN, it is a very pokeable bear for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> there are games here that we should talk about, and we're going to start with the mostly meaningless games, a phrase that has come back from our European preview. We've got two of them this week, and the first one is Impulse versus Renegades, and I guess we have to start by talking about this, Walter. What do you think about the new-look Renegades? They're interesting. I, I now have some, some different thoughts when it comes to the, uh, the potential promotional tournament that'll be happening next weekend. And uh, now I'm a little bit worried for, for some of the challenger teams that I thought were going to kind of ease their way in. Um, Seraph looked pretty good. Ninja looked pretty good. They obviously took down a certain team, which I'm not going to mention. They did win against someone. I mean... We'll, we'll see how it goes. It, it should make the promotional tournament a, a bit more interesting in terms of, you know, what teams are going to stay in versus are, are any of the challenger teams going to make it in. You know, I have to say, well, we're not going to talk about who they beat last week. I thought all of them doing a blue card salute just to, to mock the owner afterwards was really mean. I thought that was unnecessary. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Renegades are interesting right now. I uh, I feel like they have a lot of the same problems that they used to have, which is that they're a team that still does really well in the early game, and then usually in the mid-to-late game, they either, by lack of shot calling, lack of understanding of you know proper objective trades, whatever it is, they start to fall off. And the difference when they're playing a team like TSM, if you couldn't get the, the jab there, uh, <laughs> was that TSM also has no idea what they're doing in the mid-to-late game. So it's fine. That deficiency doesn't matter when you're playing a team like DSM. So I guess for me, my bigger problem is I haven't seen what this fixes. I guess it, it just increases the likelihood of getting to that 15-minute spot where they have something of a lead and they can do something with it, but the shot calling still just seems really lacking. And it's certainly not going to come from Crumbs, who has been, let's say, less than impressive this split. I think that's a fair thing to say about him. And I don't think it's going to come from Hakuo, who doesn't really have any incredible shot-calling experience to fall back on. So that's the thing where I, I look at Renegades and I say, certainly better, but still, I still have my concerns. I don't necessarily have concerns with them against Impulse, though, who hasn't really shown anything recently. What are your thoughts on Impulse going into this final week of action? Impulse, I, I think it's just kind of continuing to build on what they're good at. It, it's, it's getting Fang, it's getting Period and Proxen more used to playing with each other. I think it's uh, it's building on potentially some calls to, to mash me and Gate over the offseason about, hey, why are you going to play in the Challenger Series? Come, come play for us. Um, I think it's going to affect the potential price that that spot will be sold for, whether it is a, 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 uh, an NALCS spot or an NACS spot because uh, we all know that Impulse really wanted out of it. So it could be the difference between, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for the, the Impulse organization if they do, in fact, end up selling that spot. When it comes down to this particular matchup, uh, it's pretty much a coin toss in my opinion. I don't think Impulse is, is any better or worse than Renegade. 
when it comes down to this game, I, I think it's pretty pretty even with a slight advantage in, in Renegade's favor because of Seraph. Yeah, and that's the thing that I think you need to calculate when you're looking at who the favorite is here. Because it's easy to look at the standings and say that Impulse should be the favorite. And yes, they have, you know, Proxen, who's been doing pretty well recently. Perian tends to not get himself at least in too much trouble. The real problems tend to be Feng and MASH, neither of which have looked great in recent weeks. But at the same time, you know, Impulse doesn't play well from behind, and it does seem like Renegades is at least doing a good enough job to get ahead. So I feel like this is just one of those games in which the the matchups perfectly go against each other uh, in a way that favors Renegades quite highly. That being said, where do you think the gambling line is? I have Renegades at minus 150. Okay, you get this one. I was so badly off, I'm almost embarrassed to say it. I had Impulse minus 250. Because I didn't understand why we thought Renegades was good after winning one game. I thought maybe we could use some more sample sets. Usually it takes two weeks. But apparently we're all in. It's Renegades minus 143. Which, honestly, I'm just more sad about because I wanted the Renegade underdogs line. I was hoping the casinos would be slow to match. Yeah, I, I, I think those are pretty fair odds. I, like, like I said, they did, you know, they did beat TSM last week. Impulse, uh, they won a game in week seven. Um, but they went 0-2 last week. And, and I think this is a pretty winnable game for Renegades. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's overwhelming either way. But I think because Renegades has the most recent victory, you should consider them the, the favorites. Yeah, and the key to keep in mind here is that any win for Renegades potentially does wonders for them as far as the seeding goes for relegations. They are in uh, relegations, that's no matter what, but one win puts them in a tiebreaker for the 9th seed against Dignitas, and the difference between the 10 and the 9th seed is huge. Two wins and two impulse losses would put them in a tiebreaker potentially with impulse that could be a potential eight seed. So there are a lot of different ways that this can go for Renegades depending on how well they do. And I think you're right in that these moves, while they aren't going to make Renegades these incredible power right now, it can be enough to make a significant difference when it comes to seeding and get these guys ready to go as far as how things like the promotion games are going to go. Next mostly meaningless game, is Counterlogic Gaming versus Dignitas. This is com- meaningless for the complete opposite reason. While Impulse and Renegades feature two teams that neither uh, of us are going to be talking about after next week's promotion games, CLG, we're going to be seeing a lot more of, and Dignitas will be mourning a lot of what-ifs. What, what's happening to Dignitas, man? How do we keep seeing these level of heartbreaks time and time again? I think the problem is that they put themselves in these in these kinds of positions by having very weak laners uh, in the early game, and it doesn't allow them to get out and, and get on top of their opponents. It doesn't allow them to really build much of a lead. Shifter has had some some fantastic moments in this season in terms of the early game, in terms of getting some solo kills, in terms of uh, you know outdueling his his lane opponent. He, he's done some pretty cool things, but it's very inconsistent. And when you pair you know, two or even three week lanes, depending on how Billy Boss kind of feels that day, you make it nearly impossible for Kyrie to get any form of aggression going. At the very beginning of the year, Shifter was much more aggressive, and you had uh, Smitty J in the top lane, who was also very aggressive, which gave 
carry some room to move into the enemy jungle on that top side or bottom side, wherever Smitty J was. But now, with all three of your lanes being rather passive, they don't like to push up. They would prefer to sit back and just farm. You see a lot of Ezreal's, a lot of scaling champions in all the lanes, and it really neuters what Kiri is able to do. And when that aggression kind of fails, it now goes into this, okay, well, we're a team that hasn't played together pretty much at all. The only two players that have played together for an extended period of time are, are Kiwi Kid and Shifter. And, you know, they're your shot callers. And Kiwi Kid is known to make the kind of silly decisions sometimes where he gets caught out. But he has been the linchpin again for like the third, fourth split in a row. He's the linchpin of whether a team fight goes poorly or whether it goes good for Dignitas. If he finds one of his his signature engages and is quickly followed up on and he's not missing a CC or he's not whiffing a skill shot, then it puts them in a position where they can win a team fight. The problem is the rest of the team around him is so weak when it's coming into these engages that he's making that they just can't put out enough damage to to help them actually win those team fights. Yeah. I mean, that's one part of it. But even if your laners are weak, even if you have a hard time following up on CC all the time, if you have a game in which you grab eight dragons, four barons, two inhibs down, and manage to keep one of your outer turrets alive for 60 minutes, I don't care what your other weaknesses are as a team. That's just pure shot-calling failure. That's all that is. And I understand that Kiwi Kid is a very go-big-or-go-home kind of support. I understand that that has intrinsically left Dignitas' shot calling in that kind of place. But guess what? That kind of place continually puts you sixth or worse in the standings. I mean, there's a reason we don't have any Dignitas banners hanging up right now in the LCS studio. And it's not because they have always had talent issues, though certainly you can make arguments that they've had a lot of back-and-forth roster moves. These shot-calling errors have existed as long as Dignitas got the nickname Dignitas. I don't know what you do at this point. If you want to actually grow as a team, I think at some point you have to look inside yourself and realize that there are intrinsic issues as to how they're managing these types of decisions and who they're letting make them. And I'm sorry, but if the answer to that is Kiwi Kid, you're dying more than you're living right now when you're looking at a 4-12 and record. And on the other hand, uh, weak lanes versus counter-logic gaming is basically like, I'm, I'm trying to imagine a good comparison here, like trying to steal a carrot out of a donkey's mouth, like you're just going to get punched in the face, it's going to hurt, there's no end game here, you're later, it's never going to work out for you. I'm sorry, uh, Dignitas, this is not a matchup you could win. <laughs> Where do you think the line is? I toned it down a little just because I think this week is it's going to be kind of weird. I have currently CLG minus 300. Okay, I get this one. I think overall your philosophy is a good one. I do feel like mm-hmm. things were toned down this week. Uh, that said, I said minus 400. It's minus 455. Fair. Yeah. That's one of three high ones, at, by the way. And let's get into the other two in our second segment, Good Luck Against Immortals. This is the section in which we wish other teams good luck against Immortals, because they'll need it. (laughs) That's... So we start with Immortals... Start with Immortals versus TSM. Walter, wish TSM good luck against Immortals. Give them all of your luck and the path to victory that they might hope to follow. 
I have three quarters of a bottle of Absolute to get me through that game. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'm not, I'm not even joking. I know you're not. That's why it's funny. It's like... I'm not joking. I have three quarters of a bottle of Absolute to get me through that game. I'm trying to figure out what my drink is gonna, drinking game is going to be. <laughs> Do you have any actual luck or advice you'd like to bestow? I have a three quarters of a bottle of Absolute to get me through this. Got it. What do you think the line is on this game? <laughs> <laughs> I have Immortals at minus 450. Okay, I get this one because I got it exactly. I said minus 500, it is minus 500. It's TSM plus 330. Remember, Immortals has nothing to play for here except Spite, which given that they already lost a game, I guarantee they will carry into these games. Let's go on to the second game, Impulse. Good luck, Impulse. We just talked about you earlier with Renegades. I guess, do we want to say anything about Immortals? Like, what we're hoping to see from them this week? Because, I mean, on the one hand, it feels like we've everyone has sung Immortals' praises so much in terms of what they've been able to do, the Huni Rainover synergy that's been so great, Adrian being the monster that he is, Wild Turtle finding a way to make his Wild Turtleness work instead of censoring himself on behalf of the team and ending up hurting his teammates more in the long run. You know, it, so much has been said, but is there anything you noticed from last week that really sticks out as, as something that we do need to acknowledge here? Uh, no, I'm going to uh, quote a better man than I. Mm-hmm. In Monte Cristo, he tweeted out, I think it was late, late in the evening, earlier in the evening. He, he tweeted out yesterday about warding. It was very poignant. Rocks Tigers, who are considered the best team in Korea and arguably the best team in the world right now, mm-hmm. ward the least out of all the teams in Korea. Immortals, who are the best team in North America, ward the most. If you put Immortals in Korea with the same statistical numbers they have right now, they would be eighth. So let's ward some more Immortals. Let's do that because (laughs) in in theory, you're not only playing for the North American title, you're going to be playing against teams probably at MSI. So look, look towards that. Because yeah. you're probably going to run through most teams in, in the LCS, uh, NALCS, except maybe the finals. The finals might be a little bit of a challenge against either Cloud9 or, or CLG. So, and, and that's been the interesting thing about them, right? Is they get away with having this lower end of vision. Which is still more than North America, mind you, because A, North America wards so little, and B, the teams they're playing against, they tend to be able to overpower rather easily, so they don't need wards most of the time to justify their movements. But that's never going to be true at MSI or at Worlds or any of these other big events that Immortals is going to try to attend. You know, So I agree with you wholeheartedly. It can only help to improve that vision game, especially given what we remember Rainover and Wild Turtle have turned into on international stages before. Anything that makes them more comfortable, more confident is going to be a positive. What do you think the line is on this Impulse Immortals game? This might be the largest line I've ever uttered on this podcast. Immortals minus 5,000. <laughs> okay, you went too high. You went too high there. I appreciate the idea. I went minus 1,000. It is minus 1,667. So Impulse, getting some respect at plus 700. Um, wasn't, wasn't Immortals over Dignitas at minus 2,500 yes, last week? That's yes, it true. was. I'm staring at it right now. It was. Unicorn, you make no sense. Please make more sense. <laughs> Wait, do so you think Dignitas is better than Impulse? I think they're even. Okay, so you still would have been 2,500 points off by your guess. I, 
hey, whatever. <laughs> I, I think this is too low. <laughs> That's I, all I'm saying. I wouldn't say that I would have been more right. I'm just saying this is too low. I, I agree that it's too low. I don't I don't see what impulse has shown us to, to get that kind of th- respect. But on the other hand, it's minus 1,667. No. Like, what more do you want no. from the mortals? No, no, no. <laughs> I feel like this only matters to that a, a very small percentage of people, namely you and I, guessing gambling lines <laughs> on a podcast. Like, everyone else is like, look, there's no value on either side of this. Like, let's just move on. And you're like, no, there's, like, move it down, like, 800 points. Come on now. Consistency, people. We, I need to be able to predict better so I can make my friend's Twitter profile picture whatever I want. This is important, Unicorn. Uh, let's move on to... Perfectly segued, really. The perfect. At least play. it wasn't a rock at rant this time. Oh, hey, 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 <laughs> hey, 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 hey. We won yesterday. Thank you very much. <laughs> Only because and it was irrelevant. You to gamble on it. Only because it was irrelevant. I, we said it on the pod. Rocket only wins this game if it doesn't matter. As soon as it didn't matter, I said, "Oh my god, we might actually win this game." <laughs> and then we did because, of course, we did. But let's talk about a team that desperately wants to win two games. That's Echo Fox. Echo Fox have found themselves the protagonist in a movie I'd like to call The Perfect Break. Right now, they are a seven seed. But if they go 2-0 this week, and either NRG or Liquid go 0-2, neither of which are crazy, given what we're going to talk about here, Echo Fox could force their way into a tiebreaker with one of those teams, at the very least, for a playoff spot. So Echo Fox, first step, need to take care of business. And the first team they'll have to play, both hypothetical movie that is called The Perfect Break, and also in real life they will be playing on Saturday, is Cloud9. Walter, how does Echo Fox attempt to stop Cloud9 from just running them over and taking care of business here? They get it to like 70, 80 minutes and let, let Froggen just sit right in his wheelhouse? Um, honestly, I think Cloud9 is very difficult to prepare for because they've shown us some, some different looks. Jensen, according to our, our good friend Tam Magic 7 Husen, is the best mid laner in North America, and I would have to agree with him. I think he's been playing lights out. So where do you target this team? I still think it's in the top lane against Balls, but even Balls has been playing you know above average this split, which is more than can be said for him in the past year or so. So in all honesty, yeah, you're probably going after balls, but that's also your weakest link is KFO. So yeah, I'm I'm not quite sure there's an easy path for them. Like there's not one thing I can say, okay, this is how you beat Cloud9 Echo Fox. I, I think it's gonna have to be a perfect storm of things happening. Yeah, I mean first of all, you've got a land swap, you'd have to imagine. There's no way you want a two V two of sneaky and high versus Keith and Big. That's just not what you want to do. So I guess you hope to lane swap and keep balls down. You hope KFO picks the kind of thing like a Malphite, something that doesn't rely on any resources, so he still has his usefulness. But you really don't want to teamfight against Cloud9 because that's what Jensen does best. Yeah, it's tough. It. It really does seem like you have to play around the mid lane and get Froggen to beat Jensen somehow, which is a tall task for anyone, I think. 
But I don't see another way to do it. I don't think Heath is going to beat Sneaky in a, in a 2v2. I don't think that KFO is going to win that lane, and I don't think that Hard is going to counter jungle rush. These are not things that teams can just do. Uh, just not, you know, especially in Echo Fox's position. So you gotta hope for Froggen. But all things are possible when you believe in Farmer Froggen, who has set the record now how many times for the LCS creep score. It's pretty insane how, like, literally a Brazilian guy steals it in the same day. He's like, nah, that's mine. Taking it back. <laughs> not trick. It's not happening. This is, this is my hell. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I did the Matumbo finger wag, just so you know. Oh, oh, obviously. Where do you think the line is on this game? I have Cloud9 at minus 400. Okay, you went too high. I said minus 250. It is minus 270. Which I think is entirely reasonable. Look, I mean, Echo Fox has played like a team quite well. They they have a good understanding of their win condition. They don't outwardly throw games. They don't outwardly win games, which is, I think, the problem here. Because Cloud9 actually knows how to play to a win condition. Whereas I feel like Echo Fox just knows how to play around a loss condition. If, that, yeah. if that's a good way of putting it. But at the same time, if Cloud9 somehow screws up their execution here, Echo Fox can prolong the game, and the longer it goes on, I think the better Echo Fox's chances are. That's fair. I, I'm That's pretty fair. sure you could tell me the game time of tomorrow's game, and I could tell you who won or lost. That's my guess. We'll see. We might have to play that game. <laughs> I guess. I guess they'll just have to play it out, Walter. What, <laughs> what, what a shame. Uh, Renegades versus Echo Fox. Uh, this is another one where, on paper, had you asked me last week, I would have said Echo Fox were, you know, sizable favorites here. But Renegades now they've made these roster switches. We talked about it earlier. Do you think Renegades has done enough to bolster their arsenal to make this a really competitive game against Echo Fox? Yeah, I, I think it'll be more competitive, more competitive than it would have been. I, I think though that some of the the luster around the match has kind of disappeared with Alex each no longer being the mid laner for Renegades. I, I would have loved to see one more Alex each first frog in showdown. Just one more. Um, but that being said, Seraph now gives them a, a, a top laner that can probably take advantage of KFO, even though KFO has been playing better and has gotten more used to playing in the LCS and playing professional League of Legends. Seraph is just kind of a monster in his own right. To me, this is really going to come down to hard versus crumbs. Because hard is hard is very steadily over the course of the entire season gotten better and better and better and better. Still, he's still probably LCS juggler, maybe a little below average, but he is definitely surpassed what I expected from him. And, and as someone who worked with him in the past, I'm really happy for him because he really kind of surprised me. Um, that being said, the primary fighting between these two teams is going to happen in that bot lane between Freeze and Hakuo and, and Keith and Big, and it'll probably be lane swapped to try and keep Seraph down, but those two, those two AD carries are going to put on a show for us, especially if this game is almost completely meaningless. It, it, we're going to have some fun, I think. Yeah, well it is interesting, because if Echo Fox does lose to Cloud9, then instead of dreaming of somehow reaching the playoffs still, they are stuck dreaming about holding off Impulse and making sure they secure the 7th seed. Because Impulse would only need one, 
and they do play Renegades. And suddenly we'd have a tiebreaker in that position. Uh, Actually, no, because Echo, Echo Fox is 2-0. So it's almost yeah. impossible. Yeah. You'd, you'd have to have Dignitas go 2-0, which isn't going to happen. But either way, a win here secures Echo Fox's 7th seed. I do think that matters to them at least a little bit. Where do you think the line is in this game? I have Echo Fox at minus 185. Okay, you get this one. Again, I was not ready to evaluate Renegades so highly. I had Echo Fox minus 400. It's uh, minus 175. (laughs) Why do we assume Renegades is good? Because they beat TSM. Why do you assume that Echo Fox is that good when they almost lost to Dignitas? (laughs) Well, they're 6-10 versus 3-13. And Renegades up until last week. Okay, let's read out Renegades week 8 lines, shall we? In week 8, with the same roster... Renegades was minus 714 to Cloud9, and they were minus 625 to TSM. What changed? The Echo Fox is neither Cloud9 nor TSM. Yeah, but they're not that far from TSM. I don't think they're 300, I don't think they're 400 points worse than TSM. I mean, I think that was overrating TSM song. Well, uh, obviously. (laughs) Uh, That's the part I misread. I, I, I thought that maybe we were I, you know, I didn't realize we were going to undervalue uh, Renegades that much. I think this is too much of a swing in the opposite direction. I think it's, I think it's a little much. I think the line should probably be around two hundred or two twenty-five. But I, I thought, I honestly thought that the the casinos and Unicorn were going to overvalue Renegades this week. Well, you know, every once in a while, you, you can't get them all right. But you know, maybe if I had a highlight video, someone could show me all of the wonderful things that Renegades did last week that I should really get excited about, maybe I'd feel differently. If only there was a platform in which people could make a highlight video like that and show me the error of my ways when it comes to you're making Renegades lines. You're making me break into that bottle too soon. I, I don't want to relive that victory. I'd rather relive their victory at the beginning of the year, though. That's, we could pick whatever victories we want. That's the cool thing about Vibby.com. Uh, Vibby allows you to take VODs of your favorite games. You can ignore all the games you don't like. Just pick your favorite games, create highlight videos by putting in the timestamps. It cuts directly to those moments. You can share it with your friends. You could share it on team pages, interact with the community there. It's a really great product that we absolutely love. I can relive uh, Renegades beating up TSM because I thought it was a great game. And, and let us know if you make one, because we love seeing what you guys do. Uh, that is Vibby.com once again. So now it brings us to our final section, the win and in section. NRG, Team Liquid, they are each just one win away from guaranteeing their playoff spot. Oh, Obviously, they could just hope that Echo Fox loses. Obviously, they can hope that things swing their way. But they can put themselves in, their, in control of their own destiny by taking a win here, and by doing so, they can even let some fun seeding things happen as they try to climb their way out of a potential six seed, uh, either by knocking TSM down or knocking each other out. And so that's why all of these games get really interesting from a tiebreaker standpoint. And it starts with CLG versus NRG. Obviously, we've talked about CLG earlier, just how strong their lanes are and, and what that split pushing has been for them. But NRG has been a fascinating team on a week-by-week basis. Kind of feels like they always show up for one game and then fail to show up the next. Do you have any read on where this team actually stands right now going into the final week of the split? Not a clue. 
not a clue. Because against Immortals, Moon and, and Impact looked absolutely terrible. And then against Liquid, they looked not half bad. They looked actually pretty good. They looked like <laughs> the game against Liquid looked like the energy team that I expected all year. Mm-hmm. The problem is it, it could very well be a tease. Energy could very easily go 0-2 this week. And I, I, I just I don't want to give them my heart again. Like I was all on the energy hype train. I thought it was going to come down to them and TSM in the finals. And I, my heart has been stolen by Immortals. And I, I don't want to give it back to energy until I'm, I'm like sure I'm not going to get hurt. You get where I'm coming from? I do. Like, I don't want to get hurt by this team again. I mean, I'm a Renegades fan, so I've just been hurt and then hurt. <laughs> and then I was hurt again, but by different guys. And now I've got the, all these new people, and it's like, I don't even know. This. Like, I don't, it's, it's like like you woke up one day, and it's like, oh, it, your hair's different. I don't, I guess, I, I don't know if I feel like I'm dating the same person anymore. Like, it's weird. <laughs> but I guess... It's fine. We, I mean, your name's the same, so you're clearly the same person, I guess. But taking up new hot, it's it's really it's a weird situation to be a Renegades fan, <laughs> is what I'm trying to detail here. But at the same time, I understand where you're coming from with energy because when they look good, when all tech actually sticks around in team fights instead of throwing out a cipher cue and running away, uh, when Moon actually follows up on engages instead of playing like he's a, a mouse that's going to like skirt away at the sign of any actual threat, you know, it, it does work out for them. There is talent here. There is genuine measurable talent on this team. And I really do like the coaching staff. I still like the analysts, and I think that Hermit can put in work. I just, I need to see them do it two and, games in a and row. It's hard, it's hard for me, because I'm a Linkin Park fan, but I think they have the best ownership group. Yes. Like, I think their ownership group is so cool. Well, we have Shaq, so. A-Rod... There was a third guy who got Jimmy involved. Rollins. Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy Rollins. There the you one go. that everyone forget, forgets about, and I got into an argument with on Twitter about why like no one cared about Jimmy Rollins. I gotta like, be honest with you. The only reason I care about Jimmy Rollins is because he was on a team with Chase Utley, and I really liked the fact that there was a professional player with the name Chase. That's that's literally where my Jimmy Rollins knowledge comes from. Yeah. <laughs> Shout there out to go. Jimmy Rollins. Like you were you were a pretty good Phillies guy for a while there. There you go. That that is an accomplishment. I, yeah. I I wish that the NRG team was accomplishing as much as Jimmy Rollins and and those guys did. Obviously, they would have won a World Series. You know, it's I guess the World Championship's still in play. It's just spring. It's just spring, guys. We'll see. I I'm with you. I don't want to give NRG too much of my heart until they prove they can do it two weeks in a row. Where do you think this line is against CLG? I have CLG at minus one eighty. Okay, you get this one. I, I need to talk to you about this. Before I tell you what the actual line is, why did you guess there? I just want to because, understand why I'm so wrong. Be, because Energy looked really, really, really good against Liquid, and CLG went 1-1. One and one. But there's, I mean, okay, I guess that's fair. I said minus 320, it is minus 200. This is the funny thing about the media when it comes to teams like CLG. And I know I'm going to make a whole bunch of CLG fans mad here, but I, I, I mean this in the nicest way possible. Hey, we've already done it this year. That's fair, but still, this is not intended. Like, this is intended to be a compliment. What did we learn about the CLG team that we everyone didn't already know? Like, what? Darshan likes to split push. 
excuse my French, but no sh- He's been a split pusher since Team Dynamic when I was rooting for him in season two. Like this is not you. Yeah, th- this isn't some revelation that just came up at IEM Katowice. Like, oh my god, a team with Darshan just wants to split push. It's like, yes, that's true. Also, the sky is blue. If we want to name things that are just factually true, like what big revelation did we have? What are all these? Like, oh, people are countering CLG now because now they understand. It's like if you didn't understand what CLG was trying to do when they were literally playing Jax, whose only job is to split push, then I don't know what to tell you as a human yeah. being. Like you're they just very, like, they obviously, they obviously didn't listen to our preview podcast at the beginning of the split. Right. They won 11 games with only one core strategy that ever worked. This is not like, just because they lost a game this week because someone countered a split push, doesn't take away the 11 wins they got because their split push was so good someone couldn't counter it. It seems like a huge overreaction to me. And this whole narrative of like, oh, well, this will be CLG's downfall. It's like, great. Why wasn't it the downfall the first six weeks? When we were, when people like us were expecting it and expecting it, it just never happened. Like, what's changed now? As far as I can tell, nothing. It's just now we've decided to make it a narrative because it's towards the end of the season and we need a narrative. At, at the very least, I don't think it's news. I, I think NRG should beat it. If NRG is a team that deserves to be in the playoffs and deserves to be respected in the playoffs, they need to be able to stop a foot push in a best of one. If they lose this game, I think we know everything we need to know about NRG. But I just don't know why we're overreacting so much in gambling lines now to a truth that we always had. Am I, am I crazy? Like, I, I, just feel, I feel like this is popping up on social media what? everywhere now, and I don't know why. I don't think it's crazy, but I think it's because everyone was still off the runner's high from them finally winning a North American championship, yeah. and people didn't want to let go of that. People wanted Stixay and Huhi to become these amazing players, which they're, they're decent. They're, yeah, they're decent fine. LCS players, but they're not, they're not amazing. It's not like, like Stixay is carrying that team or Huhi is carrying that team. They're probably performing at about the same level that... that Paul Belter and Doublelift did last year. Stixay is probably a little worse than what Doublelift was last year. So yeah. I I feel completely justified in my interpretation of those two t- of that team. I'm not correct in my interpretation of everyone else around them and how well they succeeded. They're the same yeah. team I thought they were in the, at the beginning of the season. So yeah, look, and in best of fives, whatever it'll be different. I understand that. I just I feel like we're we're pulling the plug at a, at a weird time. I it just this. This is not the time that we should be talking about, oh my god, CLG just loves a split push. That time was two weeks into the season, or in the playoffs in a best of five, where we then have to see them adjust if someone does shut it down. That's when we need to be talking about it. This, this time right now, it's like, well, you're either late to the party or way too early, but either way, this is a weird time to make this a thing. We're going to move on. Dignitas versus Team Liquid. This, this should be Liquid just wrapping this up, but at the same time, Dignitas loves making teams sweat it out, and Liquid does a really bad job of sweating these things out. Do you think there's some upset potential here? Well, Dignitas played pretty well last week. They, they unfortunately weren't able to, to come out with the wins, but they played pretty well against Echo Fox, and, and they weren't completely ran over by CLG, so of course there's a chance that they beat Liquid, uh, but... I, I think Piglet's just... Piglet's done. He's done being laughed at. He's done being tossed around. And uh, 
I, I think he is single-handedly really willing this team on. Matt and Lorlo have kind of fallen off from where they were, you know, earlier on in the split when everybody was super excited about them. Phoenix has been a very, like, consistent presence in terms of laning. He's been very strong at that. We haven't seen any, like, crazy Shurima shuffle plays, but with Azir coming back to the meta that we've seen across the world in the last couple days, maybe we get to get a uh, Shurima shuffle 2.0 from him. So... It's possible. I don't think it's very likely, and, and TL will probably wrap this game up pretty quickly. I got to imagine the Liquid just wraps this one up, unless we have the kind of craziness we had in Europe. This does seem like the kind of game Liquid wins. The games that they lose are games like the NRG game, where Matt gets caught out all the time, and they lose the jungle battle. Either Dardark falls behind early, or it just doesn't get the catches they need. And so you have Phoenix and Piglet kind of versus the world. And that can be where Liquid falls apart a bit. But I don't see Lorlo looking at Billy Boss and going, oh no, Billy Boss. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do there. Like, Dar- is Dardock going to be intimidated by Kire? Is, is Matt and, uh, and Piglet's positioning going to get punished by Apollo and Kiwi Kid? I just, this seems like a really bad matchup for Dignitas across the board. And I understand we've said that about teams that Dignitas has managed to keep themselves competitive with, but at the end of the day, it takes lucky breaks to, to get to that point. It takes lucky breaks to, to win or lose a game there. I think Dignitas's luck has kind of run out. And against Liquid, I don't, I don't think there's anything left in the tank. Where do you think the line is? I have Team Liquid at minus 225. Okay. You get this one, tying us at four with two games left. I said minus 320. It is minus 263. So I was a little too high there. That's, that's pretty fair. That's entirely reasonable. That's, that's pretty fair. At least it's Dignitas plus 195, which is not the odds I was hoping for, to be honest, from that line. But we'll move on. We've got two more here, including what I think is one of the two more, most interesting games of the week. Team Liquid versus Cloud9. So this could be a playoff preview series, depending on how the bracket shakes down and, and where they all get. But it also could be the kind of game that really stuffs any potential Liquid momentum in its tracks. Walter, what does Liquid have to do to try to circumvent this very cerebral macro style of play from Cloud9? It's going to be it's going to be hard carry, Piglet. It's... It's just going to be build a composition completely around Piglet, Lulu, Nautilus, Poppy, whatever, Gragas, and, and just throw all your eggs into this Piglet basket with, with probably Vayne and just go nuts. Just try and make it work. I don't think that TL is strategically as smart as Cloud9. I don't think they out-rotate anyone crazily or anything like that. I think it's just going to be, all right, let's brute force it. Let's get our hyper carry on something that he can carry with, and let's hope he takes us to the promised land. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I think it's unfortunate because I think that Sneaky is also a very good AD carry. And while I like Piglet in that matchup, I'm not sure if he's going to dominate it the same way that he would against a more passive laner like an Apollo or or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very interesting to see what Liquid does because a lot of the matchups they'd be looking at, whether it's 
if they fall to the sixth seed, it would be a Cloud9 or a CLG. You know, if it's a Cloud9 or an NRG Esports, I'm a little worried about it because those are teams that plan so well ahead and are able to mix things up so well. If it's TSM, if it's CLG, you know, they kind of know what's coming and it becomes a pure skill matchup. And in those kind of situations, I think Liquid can surprise me. But I haven't seen the macro intelligence that says that Liquid can hold their own in a game like this. And that's really what I'm watching for. I want to see if either Matt or Dardock, whichever one of these young guys it's going to be, can step up and be the shot caller this team needs. Because they have the pieces, right? Piglet is there as the hard carry. Phoenix is there as guy who does enough to put his team in a winning situation. They need a shot caller, and this team is ready to be a true dark horse going into the playoffs. Where do you think the line is, however? I have Cloud9 minus 190. Oh, man, I get this one. Because I said minus 200, and it is minus 213. That's fair. Yeah, entirely reasonable. I think that Cloud9 should be the favorite here. I think that Liquid is going to keep it relatively close. But at the same time, I mean, until Liquid shows that they understand the macro game the way that they need to, I don't think you can make this line any lower. I think it's it's very hard to just say, oh, well, Piglet will just hard carry when Cloud9 has shown that they can rotate around the map and, and neutralize a single carry threat like that pretty well. Yeah. Uh, TSM versus NRG. Last game we're going to talk about. A game that I find fascinating because there are some serious consequences as far as seeding goes. It's hard to tell without seeing how day one goes in, but this could be the battle for the four seed. This could be the battle for the five seed, depending on how well Liquid does. Or this could be the game that knocks NRG out of the playoffs entirely if Echo Fox pulls off their miracle run we mentioned earlier. So, so many different angles this game can go into. No matter what happens, it will almost certainly be meaningful as far as the standings go. And Walter, as a TSM fan, i got to ask you, how does TSM take this one home and wrap up the fourth seed here? Man, I, I think it's got to be Sven Skarin and Bjergsen. I think they really need to just say, you know what, Doublelift, like, it's cool that you're caring and all, but this game has got to be about us beating up on Moon, us forcing these 2v2s between Moon and GBM, and just going after them that way, going up into the top lane. This needs to be a solo carry style game from TSM and not, not an 80 carry style game from them. Doublelift and, and Yellowstar, as mediocre a pairing as they have been, should be able to beat Conquan and and Alltech straight heads up 1v1. Alltech is not aggressive in laning phase. You should be able to bully him. You should be able to push him around. Lucian, Ezreal, whatever you want to play, play it. But the core of your strategy needs to be around Bjergsen and Svenskaren. And that's the hard part for them, is that it seems like they've been very uncomfortable putting Bjergsen in that kind of carry position. Just because of what the shot-calling duties that he's placed upon himself, we'll say, uh, have have done. You know, it, it makes it very difficult to play certain styles of composition when you've got to be focused on so many different areas of the map and what every part of your team needs. But I agree with you. I think that the easiest way to beat NRG is to have Bjergsen challenge GBM 
and say, I know I can beat you in lane. I'm not going to let one of your God knows how many pocket picks come out and stump us here. On the other hand, if I'm NRG, I give GBM the counter pick because I'm on red side. And I just let him take whatever he wants into Bjergsen and just trust that he understands the game on a level that very few teams and players in North America do. And if he does that, and if Alltech keeps his head in the game, and if Moon can execute even remotely decently, this game becomes more and more and more fascinating. And as someone who just wants to see both of these teams do the best that they can, because as I've said many times, I am a fan of every team doing well because it makes every game much more fun to watch. I just want to see whether NRG can outsmart TSM in that kind of pick-and-ban sense, and if TSM has enough map awareness, if they've grown enough as a team to respond to it if they do. Those are going to be the two things that I am most interested in seeing coming to fruition, because if either team fumbles, if NRG gets a significantly worse draft, which they've had a couple bad ones over the course of the season, or if TSM isn't able to respond to some weird thing that NRG does, that's what decides the game here. Where do you think the casinos saw the game here? I have energy at minus 175. Okay, I get this one because you picked the wrong favorite. You doubted yourself and your team, and for that, I am ahead 14-3 and three in the standings heading into the promotion tournament. I'm pretty sure that locks it up. Even That's probably do, locked up. Yeah, even if we do promotion series lines against each other, uh, even if we do the okay. playoffs against each other, I think that's enough. I don't. I don't know why TSM are favored in this game. TSM is minus one thirty-seven favorites. I thought it was TSM minus one eighty. That was my guess. Wow. Well, I don't agree with that at all. TSM shouldn't be favored in this game at all. Okay. Not at all. How about this? Do you remember the last time NRG went two and zero in a week? Well, I don't think NRG beat CLG. Okay, that's that. I'm just, I'm just saying. If you're asking why people are are skeptical, it's because NRG has failed to show up in at least one game every week since week one. And I that think in fair. that situation, you have to take that into account for the line. Now that said, that's fair. You're offering me NRG plus one hundred five against TSM. I think that's a smart money bet. Uh, I would probably agree with that. It's not great odds, but that's probably a smart money bet. Yeah, if, if it's that much of a toss-up, and it's it's you know one of those things where I could very easily see NRG winning that game, just mm-hmm. straight up, then take the points. What are yep. other two smart money bets? Which, uh, by the way, I should mention before we go forward, we went one and two last week. We had Liquid over CLG at plus 200. We had Echo Fox over CLG. We knew they were going to go one and one, so that was our hedge. Uh, and then we had Dignitas over Echo Fox, which almost came true. That is one Farmer Frog in removed from coming true but as it was plus 200 soaks up the losses from the other two bets so we are still at a 969 dollars profit if you bet a hundred dollars on every smart money bet we've recommended no no damage from last week free money boys free money free money you'd have nearly two thousand dollars if you combined our european and north american smart which call in the rocket who's a genius yeah, well, we're not. I haven't even added that money in yet. Where, uh, where do you think the other lines are, though? Uh, where, what other smart money bets do we grab? I think Renegades beats Echo Fox. 
I'm not. Yeah, especially if Cloud Nine wins, I just I don't see. Not, uh, I'm not super super sold on it, but I think that's one. And then I think the other two are you, you pick one of the TL C9 and CLG versus Energy games. You pick one of those two. Yeah. Or and you it, pick both of them and just say whatever about Renegade versus Echo Fox because they're better odds on the CLG Energy and TLC9 games. It does feel like Echo Fox could just fall apart this week. Yeah. Not, not that I want to see them. I mean, they'd still have the seven seed over Impulse. Mm-hmm. So it's almost impossible for them to completely fall out unless Dignitas does some crazy some shenanigans. Stuff, like go 2 and 0. I just don't want to bet on them this week. Okay, I so, uh, so I like NRG I, over CLG. Yeah, I think we do that one, and actually, I say we do the TL over C9 as well. Well, we only what? Would you rather drop the Renegades over Echo Fox? Then yeah, there's better odds on Team Liquid beating Cloud Nine. Okay, I mean one of those will come through. Yeah, I think one of those are likely to come through. It would be the most NRG thing to show up this week, or not at all. So either we're going to. Win. I, I just feel like the one and one for uh, NRG. Usually, I'd call this a hedge, but I really do feel like we're all in on just believing that they're gonna somehow pull this off. Because yep. either they're going to be two and zero, oh, and we're gonna feel brilliant, or they're gonna lose against CLG and just crumble underneath TSM, and we're gonna ask ourselves why we did this to ourselves. There's no middle ground. But smart money bets plus one fifty on energy over CLG plus 160 liquid over cloud nine plus 105 energy over TSM. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you can follow the podcast. If you go to soundcloud.com slash esports rough drafts, you could subscribe on there. You can also subscribe on iTunes. Just search esports rough drafts under podcasts and you'll find it. Uh, if you leave us a review or some sort of comment that also helps us quite a bit. Uh, all of that plays into the algorithms, and we always appreciate it. You can find me on Twitter, at RedshirtKing. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? You guys can find me, Shacked and a Fool, at C80s underscore LOL, and at SlingshotEsports.com. You know, we've been making a lot of Shaq jokes on this podcast, but I just want to say very clearly that Shaq saying he couldn't wait to watch his team tearing down turrets is one of the five highlights of my life, I think. That's just a phrase from a guy. I just never thought that Shaq would say this. And now I have to imagine the idea of, like, one day Shaq and I just standing backstage at a world championship, hanging out as we watch his team do things. And he, you know, he can come over and be like, man, I can't believe the way we're playing the macro game today. And I'd be like, oh, Shaq, you League of Legends guy, you. I just, this is what I want. This is... These are my dreams, and you can follow these dreams and more at RedshirtKing on Twitter. And tune in next week, where I guess we're going to go over the promotion games, right? We, we might as well cover them. We've got a yeah, week. I think we should. I think we should. We might, uh, we might do it all in one pod. I don't know if we have enough to say about all the promotion teams to, to go fully in-depth. But we'll figure it out. Come back next week is, is all we're saying on that. And until next time, goodbye, Internet. Kazam!